You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day for Monday, November 21st. I am your host, as always, with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at JustBaseball.com, which is a fantastic website. Fantastic website. Or you might be familiar with my my silly tweets, all right, at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, and then at L-O underscore Padres. The, the, my main account, I sometimes tweet about nerdy stuff, you know what I'm saying? I, I sometimes throw it out there. I, I, w- I was bragging about my my Funko for a kitty pride that I had the other day. You know what I'm saying? But if that's not up your alley, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Lockdown Padres has you covered for all your Padres stuff. And then if you want to see whatever dumb fit that I'm rocking uh, for the video of this podcast, go subscribe to Lockdown Padres on YouTube. I'm trying to cross over 500 subscribers, keep those numbers rolling, despite it being the off season. And even if it is the off season, here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, we keep rolling here on Lockdown Padres. So remember to make us your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. And today we're continuing the player reviews. We are. I I mean, we have to, because it is what I said we would do. And I'm excited to do it. I am. All right. We're going to be doing today's episode. We're going to be talking about Mr. You Darvish. I don't have a cool nickname for him, if we're being quite honest. I wish I had a nice nickname for him. I wish that I had something that could show my love for this man in a way that was a little bit more unique. You know what I mean? Not necessarily a, a nickname that's already been established. I want something that's me. But of course, no such thing uh, could I come up with. But that's fine. That's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Today, guys, we're talking about, uh, for our player reviews, we're talking about Jude Darvish's 2022 season, what went right, wrong, and everything in between. And we're going to start, let's just get into it. Let's start with what went right. You Darvish, man. Here's, I mean... You Darvish, there are a lot of great pitchers in Major League Baseball um, right now that are probably better than you Darvish. He is not at the peak of his powers. He's not necessarily the wipeout, I want this guy on the mound versus Jacob deGrom or, or Scherzer or Verlander or Alcantara, all these guys. But what was so, the biggest thing that went right for you Darvish's 2022 season is first and foremost, consistency. Consistency. I don't know why I sounded it out that way, but he was so phenomenal at being the Padres anchor of the rotation. Every time, say, you're like, oh my gosh, we have to go up against a a really tough team today, it was always three or less runs. And that's evidenced by his kind of the totality of his stats this past season. 3.10 ERA. He had 3.31 FIP, so it wasn't like he was getting phenomenally lucky. Um, and finished with a 4.2 F4, which is excellent, in 194.2 innings pitched. And one of the things about Darvish is that, you know, last year was a disaster for him uh, in a lot of ways. You know, everyone talked about the sticky stuff situation and how, you know, he was he was cheating. And look, oh, ever since the, the sticky stuff went away, his, his velo is dropping. He's not striking guys out. He's giving up more homers, whatever. That's what happened in the second half of last year. And it got to a point where I was wondering, oh man, like this could be bad. What if, especially considering the Padres had him not just coming into this year for 2022, but they also had him 
for 2023. And if he was bad, that's an expensive player that isn't good on your team. And that was a really tough situation. He was going to be 35 and all these things, and now he's 36. So that was scary, man. It was scary. And he came into the year, and as I was saying with some of those other pitchers in the league, I would actually, I would actually wager that in terms of sheer consistency, you Darvish was one of the top pitchers in Major League Baseball this year. It was always just he was always there for the team. And I mean, if you want to look at certain stats, I understand. You know what I mean? It's not like he was up there among the leaders in ERA. It's not like he was up there in the leaders in strikeout percentage. He certainly wasn't, which we're not necessarily used to when it comes to you Darvish. But he was up there in terms of war and and most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, I want to throw this out to you. In terms of win probability added, which is a stat that people like to use for pitchers a little bit more than war, um, Yu Darvish only finished behind Sandy Alcantara, Max Freed, Zach Gowan, Justin Verlander, and Alec Manoa. Yu Darvish was six among all pitchers in baseball, and I think that speaks a little bit to his consistency. The win probability added is kind of, well, speaking to. And I think that a big reason for that the number one reason for that, I would say, actually, is it's not like you Darvish changed his whole repertoire. You could even say that Blake Snell stopped slowing, stopped throwing as many curveballs as he used to and change-ups, and he focused on fastball slider. You could say that. Darvish, it's not like a ton changed from the pitch arsenal side of things, right? He still throws a, a crap ton of pitches. He's got a cutter. He's got a four-seam fastball. He's got a slider. He's got a sinker. He's got a split finger. He's got a curveball. He's got a supreme I still love that he calls one of his pitches that, which is apparently like a fastball with curveball and sinking tendencies or something like that. Uh, and I love that. So what, this wasn't a case of that. And you might be wondering, oh, well, is he, you know, did, did, did he increase his velo? Did his velo go up? Well, for his four-seam fastball, it went up by 0.5. It's kind of cool, I guess. Um, and he was still, you know, getting hit a little bit on some of his other pitches. But I think one of the biggest things is the cutter was slightly better this year. Opponents did hit 310 off of it, but last year it was 340, and they were slugging the ball to the moon with a 627 slugging percentage against last year, against Udarvish's cutter. So while they did hit it, he improved it to the point where at least teams weren't hitting absolute rocket nuke missiles off of him, the way that I think they were last year. Not giving up as many home runs, and then, the other thing that he didn't give up a lot of, walks. 6.5% walk rate last year, which isn't like atrocious it's actually a little bit closer to his career average of 6.8 but he lowered his walk rate to 4.8 which is by far his longest with the Padres and why are what is going on with my phone right now it's blowing up um that that was a huge decrease for them and now you might be saying oh well the strikeout percentage went down it did it went down from 29.2 last year 25.6 this year and instead, what Darvish seemed to opt for this year was not necessarily an influx of 10 strikeout games and, you know, decreasing all that stuff. Instead, it was less walks, less free passes, and trusting a good Padres defense to kind of make up for some things. And then uh, getting through innings, I think, was a big thing for him. That's why I think that Sandy Alcantara is up top when it comes to win probability. They love it when you can pitch just consistent amount of innings and not leave it up to... Uh, bullpens, which can sometimes be historically pretty volatile and inconsistent. That's something that can happen, as you saw with a little bit of the Padres bullpen and certainly the Phillies in the World Series. That's something that can arise, uh, in my experience at least. Um, so that's the biggest thing with him uh, that I think went well. Um, and the other thing with you, Darvish, is had really big performances every time the team kind of looked like they were maybe falling off a little bit. 
maybe about to go on a, a poor run. That's what it felt like, just a little bit. Um, and also, in terms of playoff stats, which we, we should bring up. We should bring up Yu Darvish's postseason stats. But I don't think I want to bring up necessarily the past. I don't want to focus on you know, how bad he's been in the past. You know, his 6.14 with the Dodgers back in 2017 when he got absolutely killed. Because ever since then, Darvish has been fine. With the Cubs, 2.7. With the Padres, this year, 2.88 and 25 innings. He was awesome for the Padres in the postseason this year, which is awesome and fantastic. And I I, I love it. Um, yes, you could argue, wanted a little bit more against the Dodgers, uh, what he faced that first time, but it doesn't matter. You Darvish had an excellent season, and what's so exciting is that there was a world where this guy becomes yet again the next pitcher who hit a decline and got older, and it's like, oh my God, they're paying him all this money. The Cubs sold at the perfect time. Instead, we're looking to next year as you Darvish being still the number one pitcher on the team. That's crazy. That's crazy. But is that going to continue, ladies and gentlemen? Is that going to continue? Because we got to talk about maybe some of the negatives of this past season, if there were any. But before we get into that, ladies and gentlemen, I need to talk to you about something important. BetOnline.net. Your number one source for all sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Here's the thing, man. You want to know about your, where's Aaron Judge going to go? And what, who's going to finish first in the NL West next year? Or the, the NL South? Whatever, whatever, right? Okay, I think you might want that. Maybe you want to know what's going on in Qatar with the World Cup. You want to make your bets on that. Maybe you want eSports. What's going on with the evil geniuses? What's going on with the optics? I think those are eSports teams. Uh, what's Whatever's going on there, they've got you covered, guys. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix in. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline where the game starts. Mm-mm-mm. And again, I don't know how many times I got to say it. I don't know how many times. I am still drinking the Dodger fan tears. I promise you. I am still staying hydrated with that, ladies and gentlemen. I promise you. Let's continue talking about you, Darvish. Let's continue. When it comes to bad, I think a lot of the bad of this past season is what I mentioned before with the strikeout rate. The fact that the strikeout rate did go down, but you could also twist that as a positive the way I did, which is that, hey, he um, you know, was able to last longer into games, so maybe while he wasn't overpowering hitters, he was certainly minimizing damage. Like I mentioned with the cutter and not giving up nearly as many base hits, or I should say um, big hits, um, as he did last year with what is his most used pitch. So it might be something like that. His extension was better, but I would say something to watch out for. Um, just based off of just checking the old baseball savant, is his whiff percentage did go down from 61% to 46 percentile, I should say. Um, in terms of percentile, so not as great among other pitchers in baseball, but even still, again, for a 36-year-old pitcher, I'm not necessarily expecting, unless you're Greg Maddox or whatever, right, that the whiff percentage is something that we have to worry about, something that we have to be like, oh my God, he's done. He's, he, he's cooked, right? But it is at least, at least, at least, at least um, worth throwing it out there that, you know, his curveball last year, um, you know, he he went 
up in a whiff percentage actually for his curveball. No, for his split finger. My mistake, ladies and gentlemen. My mistake, my mistake. He actually went up in that 39.7% whiff percentage in that regard. But when it came to some of his most used pitches from his cutter to slide or forcing fastball, stuff like that went down just a tad bit, um, which isn't great. Which isn't great, but it's okay. It's okay because he did go up in some other areas, like I said, with the split finger. And I was actually wrong. The fastball, it went up too. Um, from a... 34, no, it didn't go. Everyone, <clears throat> here's the problem with when you don't get enough sleep. You stop figuring out how to talk about numbers. Here's what I'm saying. Bottom line is the most used pitches from you Darvish's arsenal pretty much went down almost universally in terms of whiff percentage, which isn't great considering that his four-seam fastball had a 34.5% whiff rate last year, and then this year, 21.6. But again, there's so many different variables here. I don't mind it because I think Darvish is the type of pitcher that tinkers. I think he's the type of pitcher that really likes to attack a bunch of different hitters in a bunch of different ways. So if there's anyone who's going to figure out how to make up for age and how to make up for a lack of strikeouts in today's very strikeout-happy game, it would be you, Darvish. It's still something to look at. And I think that fundamentally, bottom line is, while I love you, Darvish, and I thought he was excellent this year, I mentioned all the things before, it is fair to point out he is going to be 36, and that's very old. Uh, and when it comes to that, it just makes me think, okay, what about health? Um, and I think that health is something that happened in 2021, right? Where he apparently was nursing a little bit of back stuff, and then, of course, you had the sticky thing, which I imagine for some pitchers might have been a tough adjustment to make halfway through the season, not necessarily the offseason, but halfway through it, to just all of a sudden not have something you're used to having. And I'm not saying this was all spider tack haven or anything like that, but that's that just, I imagine, can be a little difficult. But heading into his age 36 season, it's not like you Darvish is known for being the ultimate perfect sigil of health. At least I don't think that that's what uh, people probably um, view him as, uh, especially over the past few seasons um, when he hasn't necessarily made as many starts with both the Cubs and... Uh, the Padres last year, he missed some games. You know, he missed some games back with Texas. So it is possible to say, hey, is, is health going to be an issue? Did he get a little bit lucky this year with how many games that he pitched? 30, in fact, he pitched this year. And, you know, it's not guaranteed heading into older season. But aside from that, there's very few things I can say that are negative about you, Darvish. Especially considering that it was basically a bounce back season for him. You know, last year I was worried. Is this guy cooked the way I was worried that Trent Grisham's second half of the 2021 season was a sign of things to come? That's what I was worried about with you, Darvish. And that didn't happen. But even still, age 36, bottom line is I'm going to be watching him very closely next year because is it possible he had like one final great bout? It's totally possible. But you, Darvish, is so talented. He's such a big name that if there's anyone to bet on, similar to how Max Scherzer right? Heading into his age 40 season, signing a four-year deal, whatever it was, with the Mets, that you're like, well, if you're going to take a chance on someone aging well, it would be Max Scherzer. You Darvish isn't a bad bet for that as well. Um, and I think that one of the best things I saw this year is, um, overall, just none of his numbers, for the most part, went down in a significant way at any month during the season, which is phenomenal, obviously. Um, in terms of, let's see if we can find the, the ERA on this website that just loves to torture me. I don't know why I can't just find ERA for uh, <laughs> you, Darvish. I don't know why. But um, like ERA by month, I should say. 
Bottom line is opponents were hitting 214, 235, 198 in June. His strikeout rate went up and down a little bit. Oh, by the way, I found the numbers. 4.4 ERA to start off in March and April, which a lot of that, remember, folks, was due to the San Francisco Giants start, in which he absolutely got totally eviscerated. So that was a little bit inflated. But other than that month, 3.08, 2.52, 3.18, 4.05 in August, which wasn't great, then 1.85 in September to close out the season. Same thing with October. That was great. Right when they needed him down the stretch to finish out some games, he was phenomenal. So it's the consistency that I like. It was very similar to Joe Musgrove's consistency for the Padres last year, where his first and second half was practically identical. And in fact, with you Darvish, it was a little bit better. His overall ERA went from 3.41 to 2.71, which is phenomenal. So he was getting better as the season went on, which shows maybe he can, you know, fight the age curve uh, just a tad bit, right? Like maybe he'll be able to do better there. His strikeout rate went up. K per nine of 8.31 went to 10.11. That's awesome. Love to see that. Strikeout to walk rate. All that stuff was great. FIP was better. He got better as the season went on, which is why, although I am always going to be worried about age because this is baseball. Y'all remember Carlos Gomez? This is just the name that came to mind. That dude was an all-star and then couldn't hit a lick the next year. You remember Johan Santana? That dude couldn't stay healthy ever again. You remember Matt Harvey? Like, there's plenty of guys who look good and that, that you know, it just makes me nervous. Fundamentally, it makes me nervous. And I'm wondering next year, or I should say uh, this offseason for next year, whether the Padres are going to think about that a little bit and say, all right, we got Musgrove and we got Snell. We'd certainly have Musgrove for many years to come. We got Nick Martinez. Maybe we're wondering, okay, maybe you want to bring in another pitcher because because you know that you Darvish is getting older and that you it, relying on someone like that isn't necessarily the best way to win over the course of 162 games. Relying on someone to stay healthy and in shape and that the age curve won't bite him in the butt. That's just that's just what kind of uh is the case. I think. And when it comes to 2023 free agents there's some solid pitchers but not necessarily some super duper stars so i imagine that padres brass might not go spend big time but a quintana might be something that makes sense for this team um there's still plenty of other guys out there um but in terms of starting pitchers if you want to look at the year after um i don't know i don't know there's not too much to be excited about marcus stroman my fellow puerto rican who has some questionable takes on twitter but you know, I'm I'm really I'm gonna be really curious to see what the Padres do with starting pitching this year. Um, I think that you got to be careful at all times with aging stuff. But aside from that, the only other thing that you could really critique about you Darvish is some of his other stuff: swinging strike percentage, which is good for just seeing you know how many times pitches were called strikes versus whether or not they literally opponents couldn't hit them and whatnot. You uh, Darvish was a lot down. A lot more down. He was, in fact, let's see if I can find it really quickly. He was 20th, which again isn't bad, but some of his stats that I mentioned above with the ERA, with the war, with the FIP, with the WPA, the one probably added, um, his other numbers, your ground ball rate, your strikeout rate, you know what I'm saying? Uh, some of your expected stats, not as good as some of the other pitches up there. So that would be the only thing that I can really critique. But then again, someone like Corbin Burns, he was excellent last year. His strike, swing and strike percentage was up there. But you know what the problem with him was? Fell apart. Wasn't consistent. He ended up finishing the year with a 2.94 ERA, but he had some blow-ups throughout the year. So don't get me wrong, Corbin Burns still better. 
better pitcher. But you Darvish has been a little bit more consistent. So that's why he is my dude. And I'll put him up against any number one starting pitcher in the league when the game is on the line. When the series, perhaps even the World Series, is on the line. I trust you, Darvish, implicitly. But ladies and gentlemen, you know what else I trust implicitly? To keep my hopes alive. To keep my dreams alive. We gotta talk about Simply Safe. If you thought about securing your home with home security, but you've been pulling, putting it off, don't worry. You'll want to listen up right now because Locked On Padres listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for fifty percent off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it, ladies and gentlemen. What I love about this is I've mentioned many times before how I used to be very scared as a young lad that there were robbers on the roof, and that's because I watched Signs as a child. Um, and Signs has a very scary scene involving someone on the roof that I won't spoil because I actually really think that movie is very good. Highly recommend it. I know we're past Halloween and all that, but highly recommend it. Um, and you know what helps? Peace of mind. Knowing that you've got your security system set up for you, and that's what Simply Safe has done. They've been named the best home security system of 22 of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report, which is a third year in a row which is awesome. And in an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents, they got you, you know? They use fast technology, they can respond quickly, and they can even respond when you're not home, right? You can respond when you're not home. There's, there's these tablets and these apps, you know what I mean? You can stay in control of the system wherever you are. You can disarm it, you can arm it. Maybe you got a guest that's coming in. Don't worry, we don't want nothing crazy happening. We don't want this to be Avengers Tower that sends all of its you know, lasers at you because they think you're invading. Don't worry, they got you covered on that too. Um, and like I said, 24 seven professional monitoring. That's awesome. Again, peace of mind, so Simply Safe gives you. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that ya boy. The hosts, with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, can recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. This is their biggest discount of the year. I mean, it's 50% off. It's, it's got to be, right? So don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Oh, man. Mm-mm. What a time to be alive, man. What a time to be alive. What a time. Let's keep talking, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, I feel like I actually covered, in a lot of ways, what you Darvish can do right for next year. It's slow the aging curve. It's the fact that if he is adjusting, say the way a late career Adam Wainwright has adjusted. Say the way late career CC Sabathia adjusted. Hopefully it's not as much um, similar to the latter. But you adjust. You lose your velocity. You lose your ability to strike out hitters the same way. It's okay. You're just going to walk less of them, be consistent, and that's great. Like I said, the biggest thing with Udarvish is some of his most used pitches. Opponents were not slugging off of them as much as they usually did. If they were hitting Udarvish, it was for singles and at worst a double, right? Because he certainly wasn't giving up any walks. So that's the big thing, right? Is he just wasn't giving up the big, big hits. He was working his way out of situations and... Um, developed, I think, a decent chemistry with Austin Nola. Speaking of chemistry, that is something that I want to see next year. It doesn't as much have to do with you, Darvish, as it has to do with general Padres pitching and Luis Campizano himself. I would really like to see for next year that those two develop some chemistry. They figure out whatever it is that's annoying the Padres pitching staff. 
because clearly they don't necessarily like fit, uh, cat um, blah, 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 um, having Campisano as their catcher, right? With the things that he does with his glove, whatever. I get it. That's what I would like to see. I'd like to see, once again, the same way they worked with Austin Nola in the offseason, the same way all of them did, that they figured out with Luis Campisano, because that would be really helpful for the team, right? Especially since they non-tendered Jorge Alfaro. <laughs> Damn. I'm going to miss him, man. I'm going to miss him. The Alfaro goat. I'm going to miss him. I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't going to miss him, man. <sighs> okay, let me keep it together. Um... Yeah, that's that's the main thing I, I would really like to see from Darvish is to work with Campuzano. I'm going to be a sucker for all those reports that are like Luis Campuzano and Joe Musgrove reportedly developing incredible chemistry in the offseason. Like, I love seeing those things, even if they end up not mattering. I still love seeing that stuff. It just makes me happy and gives me the possibility of what could happen in the future. And even that little taste, that little dream taste is sometimes fun. Of course, you don't want to sit and dwell on dreams and forget to live to quote the famous Albus Dumbledore but you still want to you know be excited about that stuff so that's the the thing with you Darvish that I'd be looking for next year with all the salary he's making with the age stuff I'm just hoping that he translates well if he's not as good as this year that's okay if he's as good as Musgrove or if he's as good as Blake Snell if he's just okay if he is a Jordan Montgomery type of pitcher right someone who's going to be in there and just be consistent maybe only get you like 5k's sometimes and you know not be all that incredible necessarily as a guy who will be able to wipe out another team's offense that's okay because bottom line he is 36 and just based on probabilities in history it's rare that guys are going to be able to keep this up when they get this older so again 36 not 30 39 it's not 45 but still that is the thing that i'll be watching for you darvish next year if he can stay healthy and if he can stay consistent. And ladies and gentlemen, that's basically about it on you, Darvish. I give his 2022 season an A-. That's right, an A-. And a big part of that is because it was a bounce back. I don't think you, Darvish, is necessarily an A- pitcher. I think that there are other guys i take over him. I think I'd take Shane Bieber. I think I'd take Carlos Rodon. I know he was a mess this year, but I think I'd take Garrett Cole. I know that sounds wild. He had like the lowest win probability of anybody, but it doesn't matter. I think his swing and miss stuff is excellent, and he's younger. Tristan McKenzie, I might rather have than him because he's young and he's a stud. Aaron Nola, I might rather have than him. Sandy Alcantara, I'd probably rather have than him. Kyle Wright, Tyler Anderson. No, not Tyler Anderson. Uh, Verlander, right? There are there are plenty of guys. Max Fried, there are plenty of guys you want ahead of you, Darvish. But it's the fact that he bounced back and showed that he wasn't going to be the next Patrick Corbin or the next, this is an extreme example, but the next Steven Strasburg, right? Those guys out of the Nationals that get signed to a whole lot of money or you trade for them and then they come in and you're like, oh man, they're cooked. And now they're just going to be landing and languishing on the roster, right? Now that doesn't happen nearly as much as, say, uh, some other teams with some other star players where they're just languishing away. They're not like, not everybody has a, a Pujols. You know, who's just sitting there and you're like, oh man, right? Not everybody has that. But I would say it's because of the bounce back, because I was genuinely worried that this guy was going to fall apart. And I think a lot of other people were as well. That's why I give it an A-. minus. Not just the performance, but in context of what happened last year. That's what I give you, Darvish. I hope y'all like that. I hope y'all like that grade. So, so far, not the worst stuff in the world. C-plus for Grisham. You know, A-plus for Manny Machado and an A-minus for Yu Darvish. 
the Padres' top talent is just as good as anybody else's in the league. And that's been discussed ad nauseum, and it should continue to be discussed because I want everybody to flex a little bit because it's fun to flex. Um, but yes, ladies and gentlemen, with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves in terms of future episodes for this year's podcast. Um, have had some scheduling conflicts, but Ryland Styles of Lockdown Royals, he's coming on to talk rules and to talk general baseball stuff, as well as doing kicking off, not kicking off, but once again, bringing back our Thanksgiving draft. You guys aren't going to want to miss it. I'm not going to spoil it, though, but it's not just food. We're not just going to be doing food. Oh, we're going to be making baseball part of it. Oh, yeah. And Manny Machado, he might come up. He might come up once or twice. You know, it's going to be a lot of fun, so stay tuned for that. Probably on Thanksgiving Day as a little bonus fun episode for you guys, especially for those who might not have anywhere to go for Thanksgiving. You know, hopefully you can enjoy that. Or if you're just waiting for food and want something on in the background, go for that. Um, and also doing a podcast with Mr. Paul Francis Sullivan. But please, please, please call him Sully. Okay, it's very important to him. Uh, he's going to be going on. Uh, this year's show to do a little bit of a, a crossover thing. We're going to talk about the state of the Padres and whatnot. That should be a lot of fun. I always like his perspective. And then continuing on the player reviews, going to go through a bad one next time. You guys can guess which is the bad player. It's going to be fun. It's going to be very fun. We're going to talk about that stuff and working on the best moments of the Padres 2022 season. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. And then going to finally start talking about Top 50 free agents, giving my perspective on who are the top free agents, not just in general baseball, but of course the Padres, who they should be going after. Rumor has it they're interested in Jose Abreu. Oh, ho, ho, ho. That might even be tomorrow's episode. Might have to talk about Mr. Abreu. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> but okay, everybody, like I said, that's it for today's episode. Until next time, stay safe, and of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies. Come on, come on.